Let's dive right into it. I'm going to tell you what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about invitations and temptations. That's the title of the talk, Invitations and Temptations. And uh, I want to unpack uh, this thought, okay? There's divine invitations and there's spiritual temptations. So if you are filling in the blank, fill that in. Divine temptation, I'm sorry, divine invitations and spiritual temptations. And this is what I want to unpack. I want to unpack these thoughts. There were three moments where follow me was an invitation between Jesus and Peter. Three times that was a discussion. The first time was when Jesus was walking on the beach And he saw Peter for the very first time, and he looked at him, and he said, follow me. Three years later, Jesus was transitioning into a different season, a very difficult season. And he said, I'm going to take this season, this journey alone. And Peter said, I want to follow you. And Jesus said, no, you can't. And then about a week later... Jesus looked at Peter and said, hey, I'm about to go on a journey. I'm ready for you to follow me once again. And I just want to unpack those thoughts because there's certain spiritual invitations that take place. And then right smack in the middle of following Jesus, we are inundated with temptations. And I'm just going to try to weave that together. Does that sound like a good journey? It should only take a couple hours, I promise. Uh, All right, let's go. Roman numeral number one is the first follow me. And it happens in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Jesus said, come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. I want your life to be devoted to being messengers. I'm inviting you. To be consumed with a kingdom agenda. Now, uh, these kids, these were teenagers. See, Jesus was the first youth pastor ever. Because all of his disciples, with the, the exception of one, they were teenagers. They were young kids. And so he he was recruiting Peter. Peter's just a teenager, and he's working. Uh, He's a fisherman. Uh, He's uh, no doubt. He's thinking, this business is coming to me one day. Now, these boys, these teenagers, they were Jewish kids. And in that vicinity around uh, the Joppa, uh, Galilean uh, area, this, these kids were raised to believe the Old Testament. In fact, some commentaries say that these teenagers were raised to memorize The first five books of the Bible, the Torah, memorize it. Can you believe that? I mean, it took me a solid two years to learn my multiplication tables. They memorized Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, every single verse, period, paragraph, concept, everything. They'd sit down with rabbis and they'd quiz them. And then by the time they hit 13, the creme de la creme would be recruited by a rabbi to be disciples. And the ones that weren't recruited, 
the B, C, D, and F students, uh, they would go work with their father. So if their father was a fisherman, they would be fishermen. If their father uh, was a silversmith, they would be silversmiths. They would go into the family business. If their, their father was a craftsman, they would be a craftsman. And so uh, they clearly um, were taking the second route. They were going into uh, the marketplace arena. And all of a sudden Jesus comes up and disrupts their plans and says, Look, I, I know that you have these grandiose plans of being successful. Um, but I want you to take all of your plans and how you define success, and I want you to pitch it out the window. And I want to be your rabbi, and I want you to follow me. And I want your agenda in your life to be about heaven. Everything that you think, everything that you sleep about, think about, I want it to be wrapped up in this phrase. This is not on your notes, but write it down. Make heaven crowded. Everybody you see, everybody you come in contact with, I want you thinking about heaven. Now, this is a huge decision because all of a sudden Jesus looks at these, this young man, Peter. He looks at his brother and he says, look, I want you to follow me. And Peter has a decision to make right then and there. Does, is this what I want my life to be consumed with? Because he already believed in God as a Jewish boy. So he's got a decision to make. Do I want my life to be consumed with God? Or do I just want to just acknowledge God while I'm doing my own agenda? That's a huge decision to make. So all of a sudden he says, all right, uh, I'll follow you. And he literally walks away from his stream of income. He walks away from his job. He walks away from the family business and he says, yes, you know, um, but I'm not uh, old. I'm still young. Um, I, I recognize that. I, 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 I understand that. What's weird to me, though, is that I meet with other senior pastors here in the city of the Woodlands and I'm no longer the youngest guy in the room. There's these, these like guys in their 20s and early 30s, and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, I used to be you. I used to be the cool kid. And Sharon, you're, you started the church with us 11 years ago. I mean, I, I used to be cool, right? <laughs> Just say yes, throw me a bone. Yeah, throw me a bone, you know? I, I, I used to be cool, and, and now it's like this, this I, I can feel myself where I had this, this senior pastor tell me today, hey, I just want you to know I appreciate everything that you've been sharing with me and our church wouldn't be where it is today if it weren't for you. And I'm sitting here listening to him like, dude, I'm not smart and I'm, I'm not old and stop talking to me like I am. 
And I was playing basketball a couple weeks ago, and I thought I jammed my finger, and it actually fractured. It's almost like my finger has been jammed so many times playing basketball that it says, hey, I'm not a young finger anymore. Stop doing this to me. <laughs> um, when I, I, now i got to stretch every time I do something. Um, I move and think my body talks. With crack, 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 crack. You know, I get out of bed, and this knee right here goes... Have you noticed anyone that your body is just kind of like, it's not the same as it used to be? I saw my son, he was playing soccer and he fell down and then he jumped right back up. I was like, if, if I fell down like that, I'd still be down. It, it's like, it, and, as, and I have a feeling like my dad told me, he said something really crazy to me. He goes, if I die in 10 years, which I'm like, dad, stop talking like this. He goes, if I die in 10 years, I will have lived a full life, which means I'm probably going to be in heaven in 10 years. Who thinks like this? What's my point? Why did I just chase that rabbit? Because there's a certain point in life where you back up and you say, I think I'm done with this whole place. <laughs> Have you reached that point yet? Okay. <laughs> Let me see if I can take another swing at it. I'm pretty sure that there's nothing in this world, I'm not getting any better looking. Right? I read a book at when men hit their peak, and I passed it like 10 years ago. So I, I'm not getting any better looking. I'm not getting any stronger. Um, all, my, my life has hit this point, and I'm sure it has with many of you as well. I'm ready to let the fishing company go. I'm, I'm ready to be completely consumed with something bigger than this world. Does that make sense? Um, now, some of you say, you're just now getting there. <laughs> no, I've been there, but I feel like every time I wake up, I'm more there. Are you with me? Like, I'm more consumed um, I, I was talking with Isaiah earlier this week, and um, actually it was earlier today, and he was like, hey, man, uh, uh, you know, something about you're cool. And I was like, you know what, my days of being cool are over, Isaiah. And, and, I'm, and when I said that, I wasn't really talking to Isaiah. I was more talking to me. Like, my, my goal in life used to be being cool. Now my goal in life is really, God, are you cool with this? Are you with me? Peter hit that as a teenager. Jesus said, follow me. And it was at that moment where he said, I got a boat. I got a business. I got success. I got money. Or I can go on this journey with a rabbi. I can go on this spiritual journey. And at 18, he said, I'm ready. Let's go. Um, 
I feel like there's people in the room that are, I am more than ready. Let's go. And then all of a sudden, um, in John chapter 13, verse 33, three years later, uh, Jesus said, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. But this, every, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? It's almost like, let's not talk about this love thing right now. Where are you going? And Jesus says this. He says, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow me later. It's almost like Peter said, time out. I gave my whole life up to pursue spiritual things because I want my life to make a difference in, the, in this world. I want my life to have an impact. I want my life to make a difference. And now what you're doing is now you are telling me that I can no longer be with you. I got to be here. No, no, no. I've already made the decision I want my life to make a difference, and you're telling me to put my life on hold. No, I don't want to be on hold. Has anyone ever felt like they're on hold, but they don't, you don't want to be on hold? Let me word it this way. Have you ever looked at your peers and said, why are they doing so well? They're not all that. I feel like I'm on hold. I feel like my life is on hold. I feel like... My career is on hold. I feel like my ministry is on hold. I'm looking around and I'm like, what in the world is happening to my life? Because it should be going better and should be further than it is right now. I don't want to be on hold. I want to be moving. I want to be progressing. I want to be on, an, on, on a steep incline here. And you're telling me, no, you're going to wait right here. I don't like that. I do not like that. See, now I felt like I just hit it. Yeah, I felt like I was like trying to find you. Now I just found you. There you are. So he goes, I, I want to follow you. And Jesus is saying, no, you're not ready to follow me. Because there's someone calling you. You need to answer the phone. And then you'll be ready. <laughs> um, he's, saying, <laughs> he's saying, no, you're not ready, Peter. You think you're ready, but you're not ready. And, and Peter says back to him later on in the, in the chapter, he says, no, I, I want to follow you wherever you're going. I want to go. And if you're going to die, I'm ready to die. I am ready for the next season. I'm ready for the next assignment. I can handle it. Have you ever felt that way? I, I feel that way all the time. Let's do this. I'm tired of feeling like I, I, I've gone through many seasons, many, many seasons. Some of you might be there right now where you just feel like this year has just been like, like a doldrum. You know what a doldrum is? It's when a sailboat is in the middle of an ocean and there's no wind. And so they're just sitting there waiting for wind. 
It's not like they can just pull the string and go, no. It's a sailboat. A doldrum is when there's no wind and you're just sitting there. Nobody wants to just sit there. Have you ever been in a season where you just feel like you're just sitting there? It's like, hello. Jesus is saying, Peter, you think you're ready for the next level. You think you're ready for the next assignment. You're not ready. You're just going to sit here for a little bit. Interesting scenario. What ends up happening is that all of a sudden he gets bombarded with three temptations in a row. Bam, bam, bam. You ever notice when it rains, it pours? It would be okay if, if you had one piece of bad news. That would, we could handle that. But when you get hit with like bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news, now that's a whole different ball game. Anyone with me? This is what happened. Peter, boom, 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 boom. Temptation, temptation, temptation. Have you ever asked yourself, why are temptations necessary at all? Why is it that when we say, Jesus, I love you so much, from that moment forward, we have this superpower to where we just don't spiritually stumble anymore? Wouldn't that be cool? Like, what, what's wrong with that idea? That's an awesome idea. Right? There's three reasons why we experience temptations. Just to take a quick sidebar. Let me see if I can just scroll through them. Number one. To reveal our weaknesses. To reveal our, our weaknesses. It, it's, it's an interesting thing because um, brokenness breaks our pride like nothing else. And, and our pride has a tendency to just swell. You know, something good happens and you just can't help but to You can't help it. Brokenness helps us with humility. It's almost like kids. Having kids will rip the selfishness right out of your soul. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? You used to be pretty selfish until you had a kid. And then all of a sudden it's like... Bleh. It's like you don't get to sleep anymore, you don't get to eat anymore, you don't get anything for yourself anymore, you can't even sleep without a little foot being stuck in your back. It's like that's just how it is. And then they grow up and they become adults and then it's like from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong all of you parents that have adult children because I don't have adult children but correct me if I'm wrong, you don't just stop worrying just because they leave, right? It's almost like, from what I understand, the worries actually compound because now they have kids, and that's your grandkids. Now it's just gotten worse. <laughs> and they're so smart now, they won't listen to you. Before, you could be like, go to your room. Now they don't listen to you. Now you just got to sit there and, ah. So it's, it's, it, why do we have temptations? Because they reveal our weaknesses. They, they keep us humble. They back up and they go, maybe I'm not the man I thought I was. See, the more impressed we are with ourselves, the less impressed we are with God. We kind of think that we can do this. I can do this. I, 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 I can do this. We back up, we get tempted, and we're like, God, I can't do anything. Watch this. I can't do anything without you. 
When we're in that mode, I can't do anything without you. Man, that's an awesome place to be. So God allows these temptations to reveal our weaknesses. And the second reason why we have temptations is to reveal our need for watchfulness. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, watch and pray. You you know what watch and pray means? Pray with one eye open. Because there is an enemy that seeks who he can devour. He searches for the weakest one in the pack. He, he sifts us like wheat. Where are you weak? It's like a dog just sniffing. Oh, oh you're insecure. Oh, she's insecure and, and tells all every demon in hell. Oh, she's insecure. She's insecure. She's insecure. She's bam, 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 bam. They hit insecurity, insecurity, insecurity. They sift you like wheat. Another demon comes up to some guy. Oh, I found it. I found it. What'd you find? What'd you find? He's got this lust issue. It's got him by the throat. Come on. If somebody whistle. One, two, three, go. Whistle. Yeah, all of them come out like hound dogs. We figured out where he's weak. They sift you like wheat. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy up here. That's exactly what's happening. They sift you. I heard you go, oh my God. Yeah, I know. That's how they do it. They sift you like wheat to figure out where are you weak. Do you have a propensity for depression? <laughs> depression, boom. Ooh, they come out like hounds of hell. They just come pound you. You know, if you have a, a, a propensity to build your self-esteem according to what other people say, guess what? The most encouraging people in the world are not going to be the ones that's going to be around you. Because hell is going to herd discouraging people just like you herd cattle. Yeah, yeah. They will herd discouraging people just like you herd cattle right up to you. All these discouraging people all around you all the time. Where did they come from? They were herded by hell. You ever see those cowboys get on the horse and they, they herd cattle? Yeah, yeah, and they move the cattle this way and they move them that way. They move them this way. It's exactly what hell does. They move discouraging people this way and that way and this way and that way all the way up to your front door. They sift you like wheat. If you love money, oh, you will get more business opportunities than anybody else because you love it, got to have it. And that right there, my friends, is watchfulness. You pray and watch. And when you're tempted with these things, it reveals the need to watch. See, you know when the enemy is coming when the thought crosses your mind. When the thought crosses your mind, an enemy just walked in. Number three, The reason why we have temptations is to force us into dependence. See, it's an interesting thing, dependence, because when you're dependent on God, there's this feeling of, God, this will not work, and I won't be happy 
and I won't be fulfilled without you. See, the human body is very interesting because the more you pat the back, the more the head swells. It's interesting how that happens. You're doing a great job. Man, you're doing awesome. And see, what ends up happening is, is when you're addicted to the pat and nobody pats, then when you start looking around for a pat, will you pat me? Will you pat me? Will you pat me? Will you pat me? Somebody pat me? You rub it up against the shirt, pat me. I'll pat myself. Good job, good job, good job, good job, good job. I told you I'm feeling in a weird mood tonight. You get addicted to the pat. Pat on the back, though. You get addicted to pat on the back. And so this is why temptations come. This is why temptations were allowed to come to Peter. So he's looking at Jesus, and he goes, I can go anywhere you can go. I'll do anything you want me to do. I can handle any assignment you want. I can, you can count on me. Bam, 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 bam. Now he's the most humble, broken person See, you are your most whole when you are your most broken. Here's the thing. And there's this third moment, this third follow me. So the first one was when Jesus recruited him as a, as a teenager. Follow me. And that's when he decided to say, I will give my life to you. It's huge. I will make the kingdom number one. That's huge. I am going to fish for men for the rest of my life. Every person I look at, I am going to wonder, are they going to heaven? Do they have a church? Are they a part of the kingdom? I am going to think that for the rest of my life. I am a part of the team. I'm not a consumer, going back to my message from last Sunday. I'm not a consumer. I am a contributor for the rest of my life. I'm going to invite people to church. I'm going to contribute to the kingdom. I am all in. I will follow you. See, there's a huge difference between believers and followers. A massive difference. Massive difference. Believers acknowledge God. Followers say, teach me what you do so that I can do it as well. Big difference. Big difference. All right, so this is what you do. This is what you do. Okay, this is what you do. This is what you do. This is what you do. Oh, okay, I understand. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. All right, now Jesus turns around and sends them out two by two, and they go do exactly what Jesus did. Jesus didn't spend any time in temples unless he was mad. (laughs) He spent all of his time outside of the temple, outside of the church, telling people about the kingdom of God. Christians, we spend all of our times in temples. And then when we walk out, we rarely tell people about God. It's the, it should be the exact opposite. We ought to be telling people about God everywhere we go. That's the difference between a follower and a believer. A believer just keeps it to themselves. A follower spreads it. And so now... Um, so first it was, will you follow me? Peter says, yes. Jesus is saying, I'm about, to, I'm about to go into a season. He's saying, I'm about to die. I'm about to face death. 
and I've got to do this alone. Peter's saying, I'm going to do it with you. He says, no, you cannot follow me. And then the third part, Jesus dies on the cross. He comes back on the third day. He resurrects. Peter is depressed because he crumbled under temptation, but he's humble now. God can do more with him now than he could before. See, before Peter thought he was strong, but now that Peter knows that he's weak, now he's ready. Let me tell you something. For those of you that are in a season right now where you feel like you are getting your can kicked. This isn't everybody, so the people in the room that are like, I don't know what you're talking about, just chill for about 30 seconds. This point isn't for you. But everybody else in the room are like, yes, I feel like I'm getting my can kicked. God can do more with you right now than he could when you thought your world was awesome. So he comes and he finds Peter. Peter is down. Peter is discouraged because he crumbled under temptation. And then Jesus looks at him and watch this. John chapter 21 verse 18. He says this. I tell you the truth. When you were young, back when you were a kid, when you were a teenager, the first time I asked you to follow me. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself. Watch this. And went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will have to put your clothes on for you. You're going to be old, you're going to be weak. And take you where you don't want to go. You're going to be so weak, you're going to be so old, people are going to take you where you don't want to go. Watch this. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. So he's saying, look, as a follower of me, there's another season to your life, Peter. See, season number one, you are willing to live for me. I asked you to follow me, and you said yes, you were willing to live for me. You asked to follow me, and I told you you weren't ready yet. But now I've come back to you, and I'm saying, okay, you're ready. I want you to follow me now. But hold on. Before you said you would live for me, now I'm asking you to die for me. Before I was asking you, I want you to be a messenger for me. I want you to tell everybody about me. I want you to tell people using your words. But now, people are going to take you to where you don't want to go, and you are going to die. You're, you're going to experience a level of pain that only I have experienced. But I want you to do that because when people see you go through this level of pain, they're going to believe in me like they never have. Your experience is going to be their conversion. And he begins to walk away and he looks at the group and he looks at Peter and he says, come on, come on, follow me.
follow me. And Peter says, okay. I'm in. I'm in. And now it's 2016. And we get to make the same set of decisions. Have we reached that point in our life where we have experienced almost every single good thing we've strived for and it's either disappointed us one way or another or we're surprised in how unfulfilling it was. And now we back up and say, I want to live for you. I want to follow you. I want to testify about you. And this is huge. Don't ask me to do it. But if you do ask me to die for you, I will. Because I'm all in. I'm all in. I don't know where you're at in your journey. But I believe the Holy Spirit is pulling at your heart to become more intimate and closer to you than ever before. And for those of you that are feeling that desire back, you're at an awesome place right now. You're at an awesome place right now. Cultivate that. See, there's dimensions of praying. You can have a prayer time, or you can pray all the time. And if you're feeling that desire of, Frankie, I'm all in. Transition from having a prayer time to praying all the time. And look to share everything you have with whoever will listen. Yeah.